This program is brought to you by Pussy Magnets. Put an edge on your friend with a Pussy Magnet. Oh, hey! Welcome, 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 my lovely lumps. Or should I say lovely labs? I don't know, they're both good. <laughs> I'm so thrilled to have you here in the Labia Lounge to yarn about all things sexuality, womanhood, holistic health, and everything in between. Your legs. <laughs> oh, cringe. I couldn't help myself. Anyway, I am your host, Freya Graff, and I am a holistic sex coach and educator and yoni mapping therapist. So basically, I make my living massaging vaginas and teaching people about sex. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> so as you can imagine, we are going to have vag loads of real chats with real people about real shit. So buckle up, you're about to receive the sex ed that you never had and have a bloody good laugh while you're at it. Before we get stuck in though, I would like to respectfully acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I'm recording this podcast, the Manang people. It's an absolute privilege to be living and creating dope podcast content on Noongar country, and I pay respect to their elders past, present, and emerging. Now, if y'all are ready, let's flap and do this. <laughs> Oh, is there such thing as having too many vagina jokes in the one intro? Whatever. I'm leaving it in. It's my podcast. Don't panic, you're not broken. Your sex education was a piece of shit. Get your flaps out and pull the couch. It's the Lavia Lounge. Hey, my loves. Welcome back to the lounge. Today, I'm super pumped because I've brought someone in to pull up a clitoral cushion and talk all things porn addiction with me today. And it's going to be a double epi because it's such a fucking huge topic. And I think, you know, I've been looking through my questions and all the stuff I want to cover. And we've just decided last minute, let's just do a double episode. So next week, we're going to do a follow on episode to kind of continue what we started today in order to yeah, at least attempt to do it justice because it's just a huge topic. And I know my guest, Catherine, has so much info and knowledge and resources to give you and to discuss. So over the next two episodes, we're going to cover things like the science behind porn addiction, the root cause and what it does in the brain, how to navigate this with a partner or um, speak to your children about it some of the side effects and consequences of using too much porn, how to tackle erectile dysfunction brought about by porn addiction, um, how it affects the partners of those people who do use too much porn or have an issue with porn addiction and just so much more. There's there's loads that I'd love to cover. So, um, yeah, we'll get into it. But I'll just give you a bit of a background on my lovely guest today. Catherine, because her accolades are so impressive, I tell you. Um, Catherine Lyle, and am I saying that right? Is it Lyle? Yes, that's right. Yes. Okay, beautiful. So Catherine's a men's health and porn addiction specialist in Melbourne. She's the owner of Integrated Men's Health, where the mission is to educate men on how to live their lives free from the debilitating effects of pornography and reconnect to women. A pioneer in her field and having over 15 years experience, she works to evolve men's consciousness by creating new paths of growth and sexual connection. 
Catherine's a practitioner, a coach, an author, a teacher, and a business mentor. And her complex healing systems incorporate a number of natural therapies, including, and wait for this bloody list, kinesiology, medical intuition, psycho-spiritual therapy, tantric healing, massage therapy, energy healing, and transformational coaching. And she uses all of these tools in her tool belt to facilitate new directions, thoughts, and behaviors in her clients in order for men to build the tools, skills, and strategies required for long-term sustainable changes. Wow, I'm so excited. And yeah, like it's just I'm so stoked that you agreed to be um, – yeah, on the podcast, I was looking for someone who would be perfect to interview about this topic because it's pretty, it's something that I'm really passionate about. And I do see um, the effects of with a lot of my female clients because their partners have um, issues with porn and erectile dysfunction as a result. Um, and, you know, like you've spoken to over 25,000 men in your career. You're an author, Amazon best selling author. Um, yeah, you've got a really holistic and deep approach which I just find really impressive so thank you for being in the labia lounge today Catherine oh it's my pleasure uh and talking to women now is is where we're at after I think it's been eight years full-time talking to the men only and the women just watching on and some cheering Mm. and some not (laughs) Mm. um you know we're we're finally after the book launch I realized uh by the end of the book that the book was for women uh, more so mm. than the men, which it started off for men to begin with. Obviously, there's stuff in there for men. There's exercises and all of the information is, you know, all about the penis and their brains and the mental health and all of that. But, um, you know, being a woman myself, it's finally time now to uh, start taking this to the women and educating mm. them because there's so much confusion around this topic um, there's so much uh, angst and and defensiveness and betrayal mm. and, you know, coming from the women, it's if they don't know any better, then they, they have low standards just by default. Mm. Um, and so we really need the women to understand this now that the men have been doing all of the work. The men are starting to now get the courage up to talk to their partners and it's not being met very well, as you can imagine. Um, and so they leave here like, oh, pumped up and I'm going to tell my partner and I'm like, oh, just be careful and I've got a guide and, you know, I try and support them in that because, um, you know, they're all guns blazing and then they go home and then they're just met with like, you know, the, the woman's really upset, she feels betrayed and lied to and, and, and understandably. Um, and mm. so then they go into shame again and then the cycle just keeps rolling around and no one's getting any better and, you know, so it's really important that women understand this almost more than men so that they can help and support and spot the signs and, you know, and really, really carry this as we know women like to do. We like to wear the healers. So. Mm. Yeah, beautiful. That's a really important point to make. And I think as you're speaking, I was like, oh, maybe that can be the whole topic for the next episode. Because in this one, I really want to cover like all of the fundamental stuff, all of the info that you really need to know before you kind of can fully understand and approach this. And then maybe we can, yeah, we can get into more, more around that in in the next episode, how to actually navigate that, how women and partners can support um, in that sort of like healing and reform process. Yeah, because, 
Yeah, it's I, and just to mention, so you mentioned your book. I want to just tell the listeners it's called "The Uncensored Threat: Losing Generations to Pornography." So I'd really recommend checking that out. As Catherine just said, it's obviously for all genders, and you know this is an issue that affects everyone. It affects absolutely everyone. Yeah. You know, it's not just the person who has the porn addiction; it's the partner, it's family. Yeah, so I guess absolutely, first- and I think that's the bit that's missing from. Mm our society growing up, porn being, you know, just part of life um, mm. is that people often say to me, like when I send my free ebook to Instagram followers and stuff, oh, I don't need that. I'm not a, I'm not a man. Um, <laughs> it's like if you're on the dating scene, if you have a partner, if you have a ma- male child, if you have a female child, you need to know this stuff. Mm. Um, so, yeah. It's, it's yeah. important that everyone don't just tune out because you think you don't watch porn or that you don't need to hear this. Um, it, you know, we, it, it's sex education for adults is what it is. Mm-hmm. And so wh- why do you think there's just so much more males that are addicted to porn? Because I, I assume you don't work with women. It's more like the partners of porn addicts. But yes, is correct. there just a really like huge discrepancy between the percentage of males and females with with um, an issue with watching too much porn? Yeah, so the only stats I guess we can collect because I don't work with women who watch porn, I have worked with a couple of them, but it's, it's very rare um, and those ones were kind of discovered through the couple's work that I do. Um, it's the only stats we have are from Pornhub, um, who, who tell us that a third of their traffic is women. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's obviously way more sites out there. Google is free. They're not tracking, you know, so we can't get the stats on that, but it is still an issue for women and it's the exact same issue. Mm-hmm. So because this is a neural addiction, it affects the brain and uh, it's not a sex addiction. You're not addicted to boobs and ass. Uh, it's it's a neural addiction. So your brain is addicted to itself. Therefore, a woman, whether you have a penis or not, a woman can still be addicted to porn in the exact same way. Mm. But all you have to do when we have these conversations about men, because I am a men's health specialist, is just replace the word penis with vagina. Um, and obviously erection is is not applicable. Mm-hmm. Right. So, however, the genitals still get affected in the same way as as with the men. Um, so, yeah. if the women are watching porn themselves, and we're seeing that in the younger ones a lot more, and I'm talking about the girls in their like early twenties mm-hmm. are coming through. I'm going to do a podcast. I'm going to interview some twenty um, something men who are telling me these stories about what women are doing. The Mm. women are the ones encouraging them to watch porn. They're the ones that want to be choked and slapped and spat on and and all of that. And so we're finding this generation is coming through um, where porn is normal for them just as Mm. much as it is for the the men. However, you know, the 40-somethings or the 50 or 60, you know, treat men up until their 80s, the women aren't watching porn in their 80s. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? There's just yeah. no need for it. The women, are, you know, it, it's just different these mm. days than it is, you know, back then. So there's there's a lot of generational stuff and that's why the book says losing generations to pornography because I do treat men in their 80s and we're talk, talking to teens as well and kids as well. 
So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it doesn't discriminate. It doesn't discriminate with couples either. We often hear them saying, you know, oh, it's all right if I watch it with my partner. I don't know. Do you want to shoot up heroin together? So that's, that's kind of the answer that we, we have for that because it's exactly the same as a drug addiction. Mm-hmm. So whether you're watching it with a partner or not, if it's regular, you have a porn addiction and we define regular as once a month or more. And this is where everyone's jaws drops and they go, oh, this girl doesn't know what she's talking about. <laughs> I've seen people on, on men's groups just like, what? And the definition comes from uh, a few sources. So the textbook de- definition of, of addiction in general is that if you can't go without something for a month, then you have a porn addiction. And that's the psychology textbook definition. So then people are like, oh, you know, well, we all just have addictions to everything. I'm like, yes, we do. Okay, so that's that's the baseline. But it's also considered regular if it's once a month or more. Um, and then there's the, you know, the 70-year-olds who come in and stamp their feet and say, I don't have a porn addiction lady. And, and I say, well, when was the last time you masturbated without porn? Then they're only watching it once a month and they can't remember mm. because they haven't. And it's been, okay, so how old are you now? How old were you when you first started watching porn? So a lot of them, it's 55, 60 years of porn. Yeah. And so when was the last time you were in life sexually without being under the influence of porn? And and I say that in terms of the brain addiction. And they've gone like, what, maybe, you know, a couple of months in their life without watching porn or maybe a couple of years for some. But the Mm. damage is already done from teenage years. Um, And then the rest is just riding the wave into the coffin, you know, <laughs> until they're dead because they can't stop. Mm. Um, and so there's lots of definitions around this, but that is the the baseline. If you're watching it once a month or more, you have a porn addiction because it's considered regular. Yeah. Then you look at the scale of well, how often are you masturbating without it. Um, so there are variables, obviously, and if I've got someone in front of me that's watching it once a month, then we look at all of those variables. But if there's someone who's watching it once a week or every day or more than once a day, then they're they're in the, the chronic end of the scale and we don't even look at the other reasons or the other variables because it is, is what it is. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I sort of I look at it as a bit of an, bit of an epidemic of of the tech age and of these new generations and it is very insidious because it's so it's so common it's so accessible it's everywhere it doesn't feel like a big deal and I feel as though there's a lot of people that don't really maybe don't believe it's a real addiction or they're in denial about just how damaging it actually is um so I'd love for you to just talk a little bit about the science of it all and like when does it become a problem what is it actually doing it's rewiring our brain like and I feel like a lot of people don't quite understand that and what the consequences of that are um so yeah I'd love to chat about that if you could yeah so that's the thing um Perception (laughs) is a problem when it comes to addiction. So what you call an addiction and what I call an addiction and what, you know, Joe Blow down the road and, 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 you know, a female or someone in a marriage or whatever calls an addiction, it's always going to be different. Um, and, and the perception of that porn can actually be addictive. Um, some guys who are in it will agree with that, but I get guys ringing me all the time saying, look, I've got all these other issues, but, uh, I'm not addicted to porn, and I say, how often are you watching it? Oh, it's only once a day. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, so that's, and they don't consider that as an addiction. I dated mm-hmm. someone who was watching it three times a day and he still didn't. He's like, I don't classify that as an addiction. Mm-hmm. Yet he was missing meetings in the mines and the guys actually knew he was late for meetings because he was masturbating. Yet he still didn't think it was an addiction. And then he had chronic fatigue. He had to have three months off the mines and he still didn't see any anxiety and like all the things. So unless there's someone like me putting all of that, you know, the glue in the sandwich kind of thing, um, people have these, oh, my God, moments, which is just (laughs) brilliant to watch because you're joining the dots for them and taking away the shame and the guilt and the, Mm. the sexual deviance and stuff like that out of it because if we look at it as a science then and we look at the stats, which is over 90% of men are watching porn regularly, then it's nearly all the guys. And so we have to do something about it. And we come from a science perspective because, like you said before, why is it more men than women? There is a visual aspect to that that comes into it, which men will argue till the blue in the face. <laughs> but it's also we, we, I'm, I'm linking prostate cancer to porn addiction and I'm also linking suicide to porn addiction because mm-hmm. if we look at what it does to the brain and to the body, then those other things absolutely have a link. Um, and so the women aren't watching porn as much. They're not killing themselves as much. They're not, you know, there's all these other things that are running parallel next to porn addiction that no one's looking at for some reason, except for me. <laughs> right. So the, wow. the brain addiction is exactly the same as a drug addiction. So when I speak to my clients, um, I don't want to be the only one doing all the magic and doing all the work, right? Cause I'm a healer. There's physical treatments and things like that. And so we want them to step into this as much as they can. And so I ask them to replace the word porn with heroin from here on in. And it changes everything. Would you introduce heroin into your relationship and expect your partner to be okay with it? Oh my God. Would you introduce it to your children? Would you let your children keep doing it if you knew they were doing heroin? You'd step in, you'd do everything you could to, you know, intervene. And so the damage it does to the brain is worse than a heroin addiction, right? And there's scans online, there's scans in my book, there's brain scans everywhere of a porn-addicted brain being worse than a heroin addiction. Now, a lot of scientists and that will be like, oh, it's not the same thing, blah, blah, blah. Heroin addiction doesn't last as long as porn addiction either because they either die, they either kill themselves or die, or they pull their heads in and they, they, you know, they shorten that addiction quick smart because it's caused so much trauma in the family and the life and the whatever. Whereas porn addiction just runs until you decide, you know, when you're 80 that you've had enough. So the drug addiction is the hit crash. And the porn addiction is the hit crash. And what I mean by that is when you watch porn, let's say you're 17, you've just got a smartphone, right? Because the guys that are watching porn at 17 for the first time are not the same reaction in the brain as the men who have been watching it all their lives, right? And so that's the dopamine receptors just pinging off their heads like, woo, what is this? And we all know that sexual curiosity. We've all seen porn, even if it was like a magazine or like, the dictionary, you know, when we we didn't have internet back when I was a kid. So anything that had, you know, something sexual in it, a book or something, you were like always sneaking it when mum and dad went around. And, you know, so there is sexual curiosity. We're born sexual beings. We're born with that Kundalini activation and that, and that 
um, Kundalini there at conception. So not for a second am I trying to be sex negative or um, diminish the fact that we are curious beings, male and female. But what happens is when you introduce this external thing, you create a situation in the brain that's not natural. Okay, so watching porn once and seeing it and giggling with your friends and stuff, that, that's, that's one thing. But if you were 17 and you just got a smartphone and you decided to watch it every single day for a week, you would have a porn addiction by the end of that week. That's my personal and professional opinion because of what I see and, and what I've experienced with gaming and, and other clients and I treat teens as well. All right. Wow. So what happens is when you watch porn, your brain produces serotonin, oxytocin, um, dopamine and uh it's like a love cocktail goes off Mm. in your brain and you've also got opiates endorphins which are they're all the feel-good chemicals and the tunnel vision tunnel vision is uh i feel so good like you're edging or you're watching porn for hours or you've got depression adhd autism and like you feel you only feel happy like really happy like in your body happy when you're watching porn. That's what tunnel vision is. It's this flooding of chemicals and hormones in the body that just feels so good that you don't want to stop. And when Mm. you do stop, which is when you ejaculate, it's over and you can feel very empty afterwards, both emotionally and physically, right? So that's what tunnel vision is if you hear me talking about that. Okay. Oxytocin is the bonding hormone. The bonding hormone is produced in really high levels when women give birth. Um, it's so that you can bond with something that just ripped you in half for three days in labor, <laughs> right? So the bonding hormone is also there when you have sex with people, um, especially at the start of dating, you know, that oxytocin, the loved, you know, loved up feeling, the lust. Mm. And, um, but it's also there when you're patting your pets and hugging your children, right? So oxytocin is the bonding hormone. You're bonding with the, the, the thing, the person. Unfortunately, with porn, you're actually bonding with porn acts, right? And gone are the days of Debbie Does Dallas or knowing the names of any porn stars and meeting them at Sexpo and, you know, all of that (laughs) stuff. So you're not bonding with the woman, you're bonding with the acts. And some people end up with fetishes and obviously people are like liking certain things over other things. And so they're bonding with that. What's Mm. happening in 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 the background of that is your subconscious mind Right? Not your conscious mind when you're waking and, and doing and, and, and concentrating and thinking, but your subconscious mind, which is what repairs when you're asleep. Um, it, ca- it carries all the beliefs, the sabotages, um, all the bad stuff, basically, all the programs and your experiences and stuff. The subconscious mind thinks that it's happening to you because you're having a chemical reaction. Right. So because you're feeling good and your brain's releasing a whole lot of chemicals and hormones while you're watching porn, the subconscious mind thinks it's happening to you. And so this is a whole other episode on why men are turning away from their partners and withdrawing from sex. Mm. That is why. And this is where my research is going to continue with the women and stuff is the oxytocin. If they're bonding to everything they've seen, then they turn to you. And your vanilla sex, no matter what you do, unless you're like, you know, you've got whips and chains hanging around, you're hanging from the rafters, you're considered in their brain, not their personality or their decision or judgment, but their brain sees you as vanilla sex. Mm. And so they can't get it up. They can't stay present. They're not getting turned on. They can't like, 
it, it's like they can't orgasm, they're not sensitive and, and they feel agitated and some of them are actually masturbating to porn after having sex, right? Mm. So that's the oxytocin. The dopamine is the addictive hormone. The dopamine is why we can't get off our phones because it's all these little red numbers and text messages and comments on social media and likes and, and it's like, woo, and each, each time it's like a little hit of someone loves me, I'm getting attention, this is exciting, it gives me something to do on the boring bits in a movie, right? So that's the little dopamine hits because when we turn away from our phone, we're bored, we can't concentrate, we can't stay focused and you're always touching your phone to see what's happening in there what's happening in there, right? But porn <laughs> is amplified to the phone by a thousand percent and you've got what's happening in your brain with, with dopamine and porn. And so we call that the novelty drug. It's I like what I see and I want to see more of it. And dopamine works with the hind brain, which is the impulse part of the brain that says, I didn't die from this yesterday, even though I nearly got caught, say you're 17, right? Uh, let's do it again tomorrow. And the impulse part of the brain gets quicker and quicker and quicker. And so your cycle of watching it once a month, watching it once a fortnight, then it's once a week, then it's once, you know, once a day. That's what's happening in the brain. Your dopamine receptors are getting worn out um, by all of the dopamine being produced in the body um, because dopamine kicks in before you even sit down and watch porn. The dopamine kicks in when you know you're about to leave work if you're in a cycle or a habit. It kicks in when your wife messages you and say, I'm taking the kids out for a bit. Woohoo! The brain just like fires up. Mm. It's porn city when I get home, you know, or it's like four o'clock and that's what time you leave work and that's when you watch porn or it's first thing in the morning. So the dopamine is not just while you're watching porn. The love cocktail is if you just watched porn all your life and never masturbated to it, you would not have the addiction that you do. It's when you couple pleasure with something it becomes, uh, you know, cemented and, and hardwired into the, mm. into the brain. Yeah. So the other one is serotonin. Serotonin is the happy hormone. You get to feel happy when you watch porn. Everyone knows that. <laughs> and so this is the hard part because how do you take something away from someone that feels so good? With drug addiction, you end up looking pretty bad, feeling pretty bad, you know, um, you're lying, you're cheating, you're stealing money, you might be living on the streets. Do you know what I mean? So you've got like a, a, a good reason to give that up. But why would you give up porn when it, when, you know, it feels good? So anyway, you've got these love cocktails firing off. Say you're 17 and, and the first day you've got that hit. What then happens is those chemicals and hormones have to come down. What goes up must come down. When they come down, that's what we call the crash. So you're releasing all those chemicals and hormones and what happens in the body then is prolactin is produced. Prolactin is the hormone that creates erectile dysfunction. Right, so you've got this overstimulating of the brain, you feel really good, then you crash and then the body starts to produce stuff that creates erectile dysfunction. You also lose chi. Um, this is where the, the kinesiology and the, the energy work comes in. We are born energetic beings, energy is what makes our organs, you know, function. Um, everything is energy. We're all made up of atoms, vibrational frequency, it's quantum physics. Um, and so you lose chi in bodily fluids. Like, just like if you had to have a blood transfusion, you would lose your life force energy. You're also losing nutrients and minerals when you ejaculate, which is uh, zinc and selenium. Zinc is the number one mineral for men. Uh, it's how they produce testosterone. 
you lose mm. half your daily zinc every time you ejaculate. And the selenium you lose keeps the prostate healthy. Oof. So all of this stuff is happening behind the scenes, right? And if you produce too much oxytocin, that also creates erection problems. If you produce too much oxytocin, you end up with prostate problems. So there's too much of a good thing going on here. <laughs> it's creating <laughs> a massive problem in the body. And so the hit crash, hit crash going on in the brain, just like crack or heroin or cocaine, if anyone's had any drugs in their life, they know that the come down is like, no, I don't. Your brain doesn't want to come down. And it's mm -hmm. like, who's got some more drugs? You know, even if it's seven in the morning, oh, we'll just keep going, right? Mm -hmm. And then the next day comes along and you feel even worse, right? So the brain is, is releasing all these chemicals and hormones and that's the crash. So you've got hit, crash, hit, crash, hit, crash. Now, the brain can't function at that level. It has to change itself. It can't accommodate for all those extra feel-good chemicals. Just like if you took cocaine, you'd be like, woo, really, really high the first day. The second day, not so much because your body's tired, right? So you don't get that same high that you did on the first day. And so that's what's happening with the porn addiction. There's this hit and it's starting to come down and starting to crash and the, and the brain doesn't want to. So it starts that impulse part of the brain, like let's find something. And those triggers in the world in terms of Instagram and TikTok and OnlyFans and the girls at the beach and the girls in the supermarket that aren't wearing much because it's hot weather and all of those things become a massive trigger because just like drugs, mm. right? So the trigger for a drug addiction is, is the access to drugs or someone talking about drugs or, you know, that type of the weekend and that's what you do when you go out. So mm. all of those triggers trigger the brain to be like, oh, here we go. Even if you don't have the drugs in front of you, you know it's going to happen tonight, right? And so that's the same thing that's happening with the porn addiction. It's this hit crash, hit crash. The brain is changing itself to accommodate for the extra chemicals and hormones. And when mm. it does that, it changes itself. And then it expects that new level of chemicals and hormones to come into the body. And mm. when it doesn't, it starts to get agitated and annoyed. And so you start to get triggered by what's going on around you. And then you, then you oh, I'll just do it again. I'll just do it again. Mm. I'll just do it again. And I so think like the happening. scary that's thing. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry to cut you off. I think this get like one of the really scary things to me, um, that I see is like the need for increasingly intense stimuli to get the yes. same result. Cause you're just rinsing, you're like rinsing and squeezing out all these hormones from your body. And you know, like exactly all of those nutrients as well coming from ejaculating all the time, the little come down that you get, get from ejaculation, let alone the come down you get from like that hormonal cock cocktail and you're just starting to watch like more and more and more out there intense um, porn to yeah. get the same result and then there's there's this crazy you might even know um, I can't I'm always whipping out these like studies that I can't fucking remember where they came from but there's a statistic <laughs> around um, the fact that it's uh, it is desensitizing so much that like pretty much and I'm gonna butcher this but pretty much like all rapists and murderers are porn addicts as well because it just completely yeah. like rewires their brain to think that this is like normal and then they're seeking out more and more intensity and then it crosses over yeah. into their actual life. Yeah, so a porn addiction has to turn into something else and I'll, I'll just say that again because it's, it's, 
it, it, it has nowhere to, it, to go, right? So mm. when you treat the brain like that, let's forget about the content because we never discuss content in my, in my sessions because it's irrelevant because you can be watching, um, what's called, uh, ethical porn with your partner all the time. You, you're still having that love cocktail fire off just like anyone watching violent porn. Mm. Now the violent porn, we don't even go into that because all I'm interested in doing is getting men off porn because their brain is addicted to itself. And so we have to get them off porn. Then we can look at all the triggers and all the weird stuff that they've done or want to do. Because I get men contacting me all the time saying I'm on dating sites. I don't know what's going on. I'm getting massages. I'm at sex parlors. I'm, um, mm. you know, it, it, it's always, it has to turn into something else. And a lot of them are, um, concerned about and the disclaimer there's nothing wrong with this of course um but these men are straight and they're watching gay porn because Mm -hmm. the other porn is too vanilla Mm. then it's trans porn right Mm -hmm. and so then they contact me saying there's something wrong with me i i'm i've been meeting up with transgender you know women or men or you know i'm meeting guys in toilet blocks and they're humiliating me and there's violence and that this is the only way i can come mm. so i have stories that would curl your toes and that's why i kind of released the book to let people know like this is normal for me to hear all this stuff mm. but people don't understand what men are actually going through out there because they're keeping it all quiet And so I've studied serial killers. It's in my book. Um, That was one of my favourite chapters because I've been uh, not realising but studying serial killers all my life and that's what I do to relax. I watch serial killer documentaries on Netflix. (laughs) Um, And so I started to, you know, when the Ted Bundy started to come out, that stuff where he he attributed his violence and sexual violence towards women um, to pornography and he said, uh, there's a quote that's in my book that he said something like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm surrounded by sex um, offenders and serial killers and, and not one of them has ha- doesn't have a porn addiction, right? That's where mm. it comes from. And even the men that were just watching, looking at magazines, and we're not talking about, you know, these men are in their 40s or 50s, so it started at magazines, then VHS, then DVD. It's mm. not what you get today. So if you're a 17-year-old stepping into a porn site, you know, this is where the mothers come in and I say you, the porn that you think is out there where people are dressing up in bunny suits and cop outfits and <laughs> from the 80s, mm. that's not what they're watching, right? Yeah. And if I tried to watch a documentary on there was a famous porn star that did a documentary, it was on Netflix, I started to try and watch it and I actually had to turn it off. I just couldn't. They were showing scenes from which were choking and, and just – I'm like, oh my God, even with the stuff that I do, I just, I'm too sensitive. I can't watch that. So trauma mm. comes into it. Yeah. Now, these men, we're not saying they're bad men, right? This is the problem. Their brain is damaged. The part of the brain that gets damaged is the frontal lobe, which is where your mental health comes from. Mm. So depression, anxiety is, is the, what gets damaged. And what, that's where that comes from is the frontal lobe decision-making, focus, concentration, memory, uh, emotional expressions. So you know how we all say, oh, men can't ask for help and they can't talk about how they feel? Well, guess mm-hmm. what? Some can and they're not the ones watching porn. So mm-hmm. we have to look at all of these things that are happening and, and it's, it becomes part of your identity because that's the part of the brain that controls your personality. 
So, you know, they're seeking out these things that they don't want to do, you know, and I'm not letting anyone off the hook, by the way. I don't believe in cheating or anything like that, but but I have the compassion for these men Mm. who are ringing me up, wanting to kill themselves, cheating on their wives, seeing sex workers, doing things that they they're like, what is wrong with me? And they have to live with that every single day with all of these urges that are ripping their brains apart whilst they're trying to keep it all a secret, mm. whilst they're trying to hold down a job. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, wow. it's like a functioning alcoholic. Yeah, it's that's reminding me of um, a, a guy. Have you heard of um, Craig Perra? Um, he's, he's another porn addiction expert. He's, uh, from the States and he sort of has a, a big story about his history with it and how he was seeking out, you know, he kept losing his jobs and he was seeking out, um, yeah. sex workers and all of these things and just not wanting to do it, but it just had gotten to the point where he was, yeah, so unwell and so unable to get that same level of, yeah, and so depressed, like very suicidal. And anyway, he's sort of turned turned his life around and he's working with men. He's got this really unique approach and it's fabulous. Um, and he's sort of always saying that like, it's never, it's never like the sex, it's, it's like the behavior involved in the porn addiction is never the primary or like root issue. Rather, it's it's a numbing, it's a coping, it's an escaping mechanism and it's just a symptom of a deeper cause and he's always saying that that is usually, it always comes back to low self-esteem and a lack of self-love, like never primarily the sex part of it. So, you know, and he's like, yeah. you know, talking about how watching porn is like this little oasis away from reality for them and that it's the one place where they have control and they feel powerful and they can escape, especially when, you know, maybe in childhood they've had some trauma or an abusive father or a neglectful mother or bullying yeah. or ridicule from peers at school. And then, of yeah. course, it becomes yeah. their, like, safe, happy place and then this continues into adulthood and, and turns really dark. But, um, yeah, what you were sort of just saying reminds me of his uh, thoughts on that. Yeah, so I have the opposite approach to that and, and this is where psychologists recommend people and they come in and I say, well, what's your diagnosis according to them? And it's like it was childhood trauma and, you know, self-esteem like you said and, and all of that. After all the years that I've worked in this um, and seen what I've seen, I don't actually agree with that because if it only takes a week of this neural chemical addiction to occur, And then after that are all the secondary triggers, which are the self-esteem and stuff. So the porn addiction itself, the brain addiction causes the brain to change, causes the brain damage, which then causes the mental health issues. Um, so it's, 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 it's a bit catch 22. Um, and if guys are bored, you know, or they're depressed or whatever, they're going to watch more porn. So, so those things are triggers, but the cause is actually the brain addiction itself except for we look at trauma in childhood definitely. However, unless it occurred before they saw porn, then then it's not classified as, as the cause, right? So access to porn causes a porn addiction. And I, you know, everyone says to me, oh, you know, this isn't true and that's not. And it's like, but if you throw those things at me in, in terms of um, mental health issues and, and, and boredom and triggers and stuff like we can always take it back to, well, how old were you when you first saw porn? You know, mm. when, when did you have alcohol first or porn first? It's always porn. Mm. And the only, uh, the only difference, um, or the, the one that doesn't apply to that is 
a number of men that I've seen who were exposed to porn at five years old. One of them was three. That's the youngest I've seen. So five years old and there was trauma associated with the introduction to the porn. Right. So anyone that's doing grooming or sexual abuse as a child, that's how they groom them. They show them porn, which then the kids are like, woo, you know, this is so exciting and amazing. And Mm. so it's naughty but it's exciting and they might even get erections or, you know, be thinking about it later on. But that's how the grooming takes place of young boys, right? Right. And so the trauma that I've seen in the guys that are really fucked up on this were, and and I've got like an 18-year-old client that was watching it 36 times a day, right, and he's very unwell because of it. Mm. He was introduced to it by his stepfather at five years old, as, as well as his younger sister, they were given men's magazines and told mm. what masturbation was and that encouraged to go off and masturbate. Mm. And so there was also trauma, yes, of um, his mum being a bit shit and his stepdad being a bit shit and there was abuse and there was other things that occurred after that, but the exposure to the porn was the trauma, if that makes sense. Right. Mm. And then those guys, they're the hardest ones to work with. Like that, that, that's the most ingrained that you can get in terms of what this does to the brain. Because between the, well, by the age of eight, we are hardwired. Right. So anything that occurs after that, we've already got belief systems and, and sorted. Everything's sorted. You're just having different experiences after you turn eight, which changes your path, which way you go. But all your parents' belief systems and how you feel about yourself and what you've learnt, whether it's religion or culture or just how to treat women or how you should be treated, is hardwired by eight years old, right? So this is where we work with, well, if the trauma occurred before eight, then, then yes, porn can be connected to that. And yes, if the trauma was associated to porn, then definitely it's a, it's a major problem. But if, if, if kids are, you know, in abusive relationships and stuff in terms of parents and they're fighting and, you know, all of that yucky stuff and they weren't loved as a child and they've got low self-esteem and picked on at school and blah, blah, blah. It's like, when did you actually see porn though? All right. So it's, it's, this is where I stand firmly in my beliefs as a practitioner. This is my difference between me and a psychologist. And that's why I believe my stuff works. Because if we just look at this as a chemical brain addiction, brain's addicted to itself, we use conscious self-pleasure to break the neural pathways around it, then everything shifts. Then we can look at like the self-esteem issues. But if you can break a porn addiction, they won't turn to porn if they've got, if they're triggered around their self-esteem or anxiety. They just won't. So do you think and that so this the... Is where the argument changes? Yeah, so interesting. Yeah. Um so I'm just thinking like if if obviously cuz it's so accessible these days and any old per- like yeah. every single person comes across porn, but not everyone gets addicted to it and I know like a fair few people um who, you know, have watched it but just sort of like, oh, you know, and then it doesn't it isn't a part of their lives anymore. And so I'm wondering yes. if like having less of the childhood trauma, less self-esteem issues, less of those things is still a protective factor that will mean that maybe they're less likely to become addicted. 
Yes, but again, it depends on the timeline. So um, I've met 20, I think it's 22 men now that have never watched porn. They're like, they've seen it once or twice, but they've never masturbated. It's never been a regular thing. And, and they are completely different human beings to the men that watch porn, both sexually, energetically, spiritually, emotionally, expression, all of that. Um, but that's, that's as many as I've met in my career. Um, and, and so it, it does depend on the timeline. Now, if you're watching it every day for a week, you'll, you'll create an addiction in your brain, just like if you took drugs every day for a week. So if that occurs when you're like 16 or something, then it's just sets you off on that path. Whether you're a good person or you're in a good relationship or you're in a good family or not, um, as soon as you start watching it, that's what creates the addiction. The other stuff comes into it, definitely. So there's neural pathways that form, for example, like they're like little programs. And it's like, okay, so every time I get picked on at school and I masturbate, or watch porn, it's normally the same thing, uh, then I feel good. So there's neural pathways that are forming around the self-soothing mechanism, around the self-care, um, self-medication, we call it. So men are then turning to the porn because they know it makes them feel good. So mm. it is a, it is a catch-22. Um, mm. But there are if, if you're watching it once a month or more and you've been doing that all your life, you will have brain damage even if you don't think you're addicted. And this is wow. this is the thing I'm trying to get at is like the brain and the brain stuff will happen whether you like it or not because it's long-term damage. And what you then do is you treat women differently or you associate masturbation with porn. right? So to the, the hardest guy to crack, is the one that's never ever masturbated without porn versus the guy who's masturbating, I don't know, 20 times a week, but only five of those times he's watching porn, right? So Mm. it's it's the neural pathway of porn and masturbation and orgasm and ejaculation all being lumped in together that causes the addiction to be worse if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And I understand why you are so gung-ho and passionate about this because I think it is so (laughs) damaging and insidious because people don't realise or understand how dangerous it is and so it's super normalised, it's almost encouraged, it's just this like totally everyday part of life and and society for a lot of people Um, and and then obviously it's almost like this non-consensual, like they're giving themselves brain damage without really knowing that that's what they're doing. It's like, you know, eating food that's so shit for you, but you kind of know, so at least you can manage. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's still addictive as fuck, but if you've got that that knowledge, you can put some things in place to mean that, oh, maybe only once a week I'll eat that donut or pizza or whatever, whereas like the masturbation with porn thing is just like that's a no-brainer, I feel like, most teenage, and there's this whole... Like just it is such an epidemic like now with teenage boys and the stats coming out about, you know, them not being able to get like teenage boys with erectile dysfunction as early as like 14 because of porn use, Um, which is really scary. Yeah. Yeah. I talk to 13-year-olds a lot on Instagram. I've learnt over the years to ask straight up how old the people are that are talking to me Mm. because they might even have a NoFap account or something and I just assume they're men and they're not. So I've worked wow. out it's an estimated uh, 50 to 60% of the, the people that contact me on Instagram directly are underage. 
And I was like, holy shit, I thought my following was men, (laughs) Mm. you know, and women, obviously, but um, I didn't realize these kids are, you know, they speak quite well. And I Mm. speak to a lot of foreigners, you know, I've got a massive Indian following. So sometimes communication isn't um, great. Uh, So you can't assume anything, though. You can't assume that that, therefore Mm. that's a foreign person or a child or whatever. And so I can't help them either. They can't tell their parents the parents can't pay for me to see them and I can't treat them without the parents being, you know, involved. Mm. So there's a massive problem there. And I talked to, yeah, like you said, 13, 14-year-olds who are impotent. They don't even know what the word impotent is. Um, I've had to do a lot of sex education training, um, very tiptoe training, you know, yeah. turning on eggshell training, um, you know, because and mm. this is the thing, start teaching your kids what their penis does and doesn't do (laughs) Mm. you know like sex education is is such a this burden and parents like am I doing it right am I not doing it right you know we grew up with no sex education at all Mm. um and so you had no idea what your body parts did what anyone else's body parts did and so it just sets you up for the most awkward life <laughs> in terms of mm. your sexuality. And you're just always trying to find your feet all the time and get over the anxiety and the lack of confidence and the nerves and stuff because you actually don't know what's going on. Yeah. So sex education starts with bodily functions, not intercourse. You don't have to talk to your four-year-olds about how babies are made unless they're asking, of course. <laughs> but, you know, have you explained to them what the body parts are called and, and how they work? You know, mm. little kids are rubbing up on things. They yeah. don't understand what they're doing. You know, we've seen kids and everyone kind of, oh, you just kind of look the other way. They're in the middle of the lounge <laughs> room and they're rubbing up on the poof and, you know, kids are getting erections and, and so no one knows what to do. But these kids are contacting me, which is great. But, you know, I, I, we're trying to, I'm trying to collaborate with some people that are already working with teens and kids so that I can go in as a guest speaker rather than me coming in as a, a one-on-one, you know, practitioner or therapist. Yeah. Because the kids can't, you know, I've treated a few teens. Um, but we have the parent on the first call just to say hello and introduce myself and, and tell them what I'm about to do and whatever. And then we ask permission, you know, we establish what I can and can't tell them. Um, because it's really important that the kids mm. trust me and that yeah. their information. And so the parents then leave the room and then we do the kinesiology and all the clearing and, and I have a really good chat about them to mm. them. And I'm good with kids because I know how embarrassing this must be for them. <laughs> yeah. the parents, but the parents don't know that's why they're contacting me, right? So it's never that. The parents are like, my boy is this, my boy is that. And he's distracted and he's got a gaming addiction. So that's a flag for porn addiction, by the way, if anyone's listening yeah. your kids. Anyone that's got a gaming addiction is way more likely to end up with a porn addiction if they haven't already because mm-hmm. the brain is already wired exactly the same. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. And so drinking is next. And what's next? Because the dopamine receptors aren't, you know, kicking in. So what mm-hmm. else can I do to either yeah. escape more or pump up more? And, and so that's what happens. So, the, yeah. yeah, the kids are all impotent. They've never kissed a girl. They haven't even had sex yet. They're impotent. They've got performance anxiety. They've got huge other, you know, social anxiety and anxiety around school and stuff. Mm. Their brain is brutalised from what they've been doing and they haven't even left high school yet. Yeah. And the girls are like we've had, I think it's like a 400% increase in sexual wounding 
um, of the genitals in, in, in what doctors are seeing. Oh Even my the God. cops have declared it a, a, a global epidemic. This is before the big pandemic. Um, it was declared by the police and the GPs. Now, you know that it's a pandemic. Yeah, they, I mean, if they're if admitting they, if it. Yeah, if they're admitting it and attributing, the cops are attributing it to sexual violence, um, increasing rape, there's been a 600% increase on uh, child-on-child sexual abuse. Oh, That's God. really common now. Um, you know, domestic violence has mm. the, the largest, um, the stats around the largest demographic of men with domestic violence, the increase of what they're seeing is the young men between, I think it's like 16 and 25, yeah. and they attribute that to porn as well. Wow. So, yeah, women are not walking targets because we don't want to come across as, you know, generalising and the rape culture and whatever, but that's kind of what's happening if you research the levels of sexual violence, the Me Too movement, the sex trafficking, like all of the aspects of what this mm. brings to society, mm. you have to worry about about your children. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I've worded up my daughter all the way through. She's amazing. She could be a sex therapist. <laughs> it's like her and I are like off that show, Sex Education. I'm the therapist yeah. and she's the one doing it at school. Yeah. You know, she's not scared and she's chosen an amazing boyfriend now and he understands like, do you know what I mean? So it's you've got to give your yeah. kids the most amount of information that you can around this and I'll just add in that, that erectile dysfunction Schools are addressing porn addiction, which is great. They're talking about the reality of porn versus, oh, sorry, porn versus reality. They're talking about consent and boundaries, which is all very, very important. But we are so far past the, the, the conversation around porn isn't real, like beyond, way mm. beyond there. If you're not talking to them about the brain damage and the erection issues, then you would, then you're not addressing this because kids don't, don't, if you say to a kid, I really want you to treat this girl better and porn is going to make you do things that you might not do. They can't, they can't resonate with that because they haven't done anything bad. They, they don't think they're a bad person. It's like telling a guy you've got a porn addiction. He's like, well, no, I haven't. Do you know what I mean? So mm. you can't argue from that point of view. You can only train them up and say, you know, treat women well and blah, 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 blah. But unfortunately, this brain addiction takes away a lot of the, it's the impulse control, the sexual control, the behaviours, that's the part of the brain that gets damaged. So yeah. these boys aren't going to associate with that argument, if that makes sense. If you're not saying to them, your dick is going to be limp by the time you leave <laughs> high school, you won't be able to have sex and your brain will be damaged, you'll have social anxiety and performance anxiety. Don't have sex because you will get pregnant. And stop, stop, stop. Don't have sex in the missionary position. Don't have, don't have sex standing up. Just don't do it. Promise? Stop watching porn. That's what it's going to do to you. Then what, you know, you've got to scare them just a little bit. Um, <laughs> that is a little bit. <laughs> such a perfect. So I don't know if you've, if you've heard, I've got a segment called Get Pregnant and Die. And like I use a soundbite oh. from, um, yeah, I use a soundbite from Mean Girls, which is like the, the kind of coach uh, yeah. doing a sex education class. And it's just like, if you have sex, you <laughs> will get pregnant and die. I put it in in post. Yes. So like I will have slotted it in by now. So everyone can, kind of heard it. But this is like, it's so funny because that's like such a good, you know, you're talking about like, well, you can't tell them this because it's not going to really 
really compute. And then I was like, okay, about to ask you, like, what would you say? It's like, well, if you watch too much porn, your limbs, your dick's going to get yeah. fucking limp and you're not going to yeah. be able to. So yeah, I love that. Yeah. You've got to be real about it. Um, it's, it's happening. Yeah. And they don't, they, like I said, I've treated 17 year olds that didn't know what impotence meant. Now they don't know any different. They are not talking to their mates about their penis not working or working and mm. they've got nothing to, to compare it to. Mm. So if you've got like a, a say a 27 year old that just starts watching porn because he's just come out of his marriage or, you know, something's happened and he's single and a mate send him something and he starts watching porn. He has erections his whole life to compare to, mm. you know, I call them angry re- erections, like really angry, like, here we go, I'm going to explode, <laughs> right? You know, that, that is, is, are you okay? Are you about to have a stroke, right? That's the angry Robber. erection. Yeah. And some, yeah, and someone that doesn't watch porn knows what that is and someone that does has maybe seen it occasionally, but it, it's definitely not something that they, they're used to. Mm. And so we are conditioning boys to not know what their body's capable of. Mm. That's and the then, danger as well. So they're, 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 they're ruining it before it's even developed. Yeah. You know, and, ha- and how would they know? You know, they might be thinking their whole life, oh, I can just, it's only ever a semi and, you know, and then they start blaming themselves. The women, the girls that they're with, they start blaming themselves thinking these guys aren't attracted, this guy doesn't, isn't attracted to me. But, you know, you get on the dating site now. Oh my God, there's limp dicks everywhere. Like it's, it's a, it's a, (laughs) that's the pandemic. And, I'm, and, and everyone is blaming themselves. The boys are blaming themselves, but they don't know it's porn. The girls think they're not attractive enough. Mm-hmm. And, and so then, you know, I hear guys saying to me, this is like really testing my, you know, ability as a practitioner to stay objective. They come in here and say, I sleep with ugly women and I can't get it up because of it. And I'm Whoa. like, oh, my gosh. Come on it's now. Like, okay. Exactly. So I'm like, but, and then so I just say to them, why are you sleeping with ugly women to begin with, right? If that's what you're dis- describing them as, why are you sticking your penis in them? Like, where are your standards, buddy, right? So I push it back on them. Like, stop talking about women like that. But that's kind of my backhanded way of saying, hang on a second, buddy. You know, this is this is your problem. This is, you know, yeah. this is what you're creating in your body. This yeah. has nothing to do with the women. And then I say to them, does the woman know that you think that she's ugly but you're fucking them anyway? And they, they kind of take a step back and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. Yeah, how would that <laughs> so fucking feel? Oh, God. Exactly. So there's a whole lot of stuff in my field that, you know, I couldn't talk about. I, I get slammed. Of, you know, if I talk about men in this way that we're talking about now, they're like, oh, you're meant to be a healer of men. How can you bag men out? And I'm like, I don't <laughs> know. Every time I get sexually abused, how do you think I feel then? Yeah. You know, like, let's look yeah. at this as a 360-degree issue yeah. No, like he said, she said, it's like there's toxic masculinity, there's toxic positivity, there's toxic spirituality, and there's toxic, you know, femininity as well. Everyone needs to take a good hard look at themselves yeah. <laughs> and, and start, you know, working out. The book that I first wrote was um, why you, um, what was it, what your mates don't tell you about porn and why your dick doesn't work. Right? Oh, so, my God, great like, title. <laughs> 
everyone was like, oh my gosh, like, who is this person? And I had a nervous breakdown because my coming out and being a pioneer in this field, I was all gung-ho and, um, you know, using the right terminology and trying to, you know, actually polarise people on purpose mm-hmm. because it was important. And, and I just got attacked because yeah. people weren't ready. Totally. <laughs> information. Oh, I can totally see how that would happen. Like, I, I mean, we were chatting a while ago before this interview and I remember you saying something about how sometimes you get interviewed by men and then they get triggered by what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It's awful because you can feel it. And then I, I get a little, like, you know, I've, I've had PTSD in the past and so I can get fairly triggered I always ask people lots of questions before I go into an interview because I want to know what their intentions are Mm. um, because I've had men not believe anything I've said so far in all of my research Mm. and then get me on air um, with the intention of trying to pull me down and the energy around that, exactly, you just made the right noise. It's it's so yuck. And I've had to, like, you know, contact them and say, pull that interview down, get, you know, we're not doing this, like – and so it's very difficult in the podcasting world in terms of um, intellectual, you know, um, property. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been put on the spot before and people have then published those interviews oh. and, you know, you're kind of walking into a trap a lot of the yeah. time, um, yeah. unfortunately. And that's why I'm so excited mm-hmm. to be talking to you today and, and <laughs> to the female, you know, audience because it feels safer for me. Yeah. I feel more supported. Um, I feel like the women are ready to hear this. I really mm. feel that. Um, I'm actually going to launch my new brand next month, which is my personal brand, just katherinelyle.com. And so taking all of the amazing research and information and experience that I've learned over the years and now mm. taking it to the women. So treating couples, doing intimacy stuff, um, treating teenage girls. It just started to happen yeah. over the lockdowns. I had a whole lot of teenage girls that have been sexually abused come to me just randomly. Yeah. No men, just the women. And so, so the business started to shift naturally mm. um, and I was treating more women than I was men and I was like, oh, what's happening? <laughs> um, yeah. So this beautiful Beautiful swinging around. Um, so the women are looking at their sexuality thanks to, you know, people like you. Um, pull up a clitoris cushion. I nearly died. When you said that. <laughs> I was like, Oh my God. I'm sitting on a clitoris cushion. This is amazing. You know, so it's, it's empowering women. That's, that's my goal now. Empowering mm. women to have this information so that they can on, you know, if they're single, and they're going on dates or before you go on a date, just start that conversation. Like, how do you feel about, you know, porn um, mm. and see what they say? Um, you know, I'm very lucky to have it in my job title because when guys say to me, what do you do? I don't slam it at them straight away. I just test the waters and then I say, I'm actually a men's health and porn addiction specialist. And their mm. reaction is is everything. Yeah. So I don't have to do anything. I just drop that bomb and then whatever comes back at me tells me exactly what's going on with them mm, um, and some totally. of them are like, I think I need your help. Mm. And I'm like, good. You know, I'm all <laughs> for those guys. But the ones that are like, you know, oh, can we watch porn together? They think I, I encourage people to watch porn. That's Ooh. what they think that is. <laughs> And, you know, and then the ones attack me saying, I don't know what I'm talking about. I don't have a penis. You know, I don't have to do anything. But the other mm. women in the world 
have to navigate that conversation uh, and it's not easy if you don't know what to say. So that's a whole other podcast that we can also do. Yeah, well, I'm keen to I'm keen to launch into that on the next episode for sure, and um and also chat about yeah. things things that you know men can do. Just just I guess we sort of covered all of the like ins and outs of how it works in the brain, and like this is what it is, this is the damage it's doing, and then I want to just go for the like, all right, what do we do about this in the next episode? Yes. Um, and I love that you're focusing yes. on the women now like I love I love you know this podcast is exactly that it's supposed to be a safe space mm. it's supposed to be you know a non-judgmental couch that you can just sit on and fucking talk about the shit that no one's talking about and like so many I think the evidence is just everywhere now and even if people aren't talking about it openly like if people hear this and women in particular yes. might hear this and just go oh actually maybe that's why he's dick is never quite hard and maybe you know maybe this is yeah and like I feel so I love I love the um the tip to like okay before you actually start dating someone like suss that out a little bit because it's so funny I I remember one of um one of the first times I was hanging out with my now partner Lockie and we were just we were just wandering around the bush picking mushrooms it was super lovely just chatting about all sorts of stuff and I still remember it so clearly because I was pretty flawed but I asked him if he watches porn and um and he he just he doesn't like he's he watches a bit here you know he has in the past watched a bit here and there but it's not something that he like he couldn't remember the last time he'd actually watched any porn and I was just like whoa what the fuck that's so rare and also I'm like gonna marry you which (laughs) was he wearing a unicorn (laughs) 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 yeah and that and and that's the thing because we've grown up thinking it's normal and mm. so when we do discover that information by accident normally if not like at all I wouldn't have a clue if my exes watched porn and that's that's um I do know now in hindsight I'm like oh there was a limp dick there there was another one there there was aggression there there was brain damage there so now in hindsight I can go back and go oh yeah I see it now Mm. but it wasn't you know and I've never ever ever and I have asked every single man I've treated or spoken to have you told your partner and not one of them not one Mm. of them has said the frequency the uh, where you're doing it, how often you're doing it, and you know, and and you know how long, and like what you get off on, and, and like the actual ins and outs of it. Not one person. So it's like mm-hmm. this secret. Um, yeah. And guys will be like, "Oh, she knows I watch it." I'm like, "Yeah, but does she know what you just told me?" No mm-hmm. way is what they say. You know. So we need women to stand up and ask some questions, but also not feel like they're being needy or insecure. Um, or having, you know, you can have a strong boundary around this. I won't date anyone that watches porn. Mm. But as I said, if there's a couple of guys that are like curious about it, what I do, and they're like, hang on a second, what do you, what do you mean? Can you give me some more information? And then I'm like, well, I've got an ebook if you want, you know, just read that. Mm. I don't have to yeah. be a practitioner. You can just read this stuff. And then they come back to me going, I had no idea. How do I, how do I get rid of it? Right, they're the guys that you want to date, right? Yeah, and totally. the ones that don't watch it. But the ones that are saying, you know, encouraging, <laughs> they're like, "Oh, I watch it every day. It's amazing." And you're like, "Great, see you later." Bye. <laughs> you know, so you, you've got to kind of, you know, this isn't about judgment, and this is where we've got to be really open about and transparent around communication, around sex and intimacy, and all of that as you go into dating and in a relationship. 
because people don't. Mm. And so it's this big taboo elephant in the room and no one's saying anything and like his penis isn't working, but no one's saying anything. You know, I know guys that have had limp dicks for years and years and years and years and years and they've never said, they've never had a conversation around it with any partners. And so it's just this massive elephant in the room of like, you know, the girl's going down on them. It's not quite working. They're starting to think about it. So, of course, it's not going to work now. And and then they come back up and then like, well, then what do you do, you know? Mm. And that's very, very common. Uh, And the men don't know what to say. The women are like, just kill me now. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. Because the women don't want to hurt the men. They don't want them to feel inadequate. You don't want to embarrass them. You don't want to laugh. You don't. So we don't know what to do. And it's like, oh, mm. <laughs> you know, beat me out of here. You know, so please you know, throw me a freaking bones, you know, pardon the pun. Like, what, what do I do? <laughs> yeah. This is what I'm going to be doing workshops, um, yeah. everything. I'm, I'm trying to find a, a, a catchy title. You might be able to help me with your amazing Ooh. things that you talk about. <laughs> but a catchy title for my new women's workshop where they're going to come over and in person we are going to dissect all of this. You know, I'm going to get oh, my big penis cool. pictures out and show them all the lingam reflexology and, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to talk about all of it so that they leave here like, oh, my God, and bring in the fire, you know, because the women have shut down sexually yeah. a lot of, a lot of you know, in a lot of relationships because of their bodies and their self-esteem and they've had kids and, you know, menopause and it's like when is a good time for a woman <laughs> to be, you know, fully connected to her sexuality and, and feeling loved and safe and nurtured by her partner um, and people don't talk about that either. So they just sweep it under the rug, have the children, and next minute they're retirees and (laughs) not having sex. And it's like, what? It's a shit show, isn't it? It's a disaster. And I think like the like (laughs) the communication skills like that we're just like commonly lacking, you know, and because there's so much shame and stigma around stuff like, you know, porn or erectile dysfunction, like we we just suck. Like as a, as a culture, we suck at communicating <laughs> about these things. And, like, I'm not saying, yeah. like, it, from a judgmental place, like, if you get a limp no. dick, then fuck, it's not, it's not really your fault, like, in a way because yeah. you've grown up in this society where, like, you just had a screen handed to you, there's yeah. porn around any corner you choose, like, and we're not taught yeah. about sex education, we're not taught about relating, like, communication skills. It's just a no. massive blind leading the blind situation where we're all fucking traumatizing one another yeah. and no one's fucking talking about it. And that's why I have a bloody podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, hey, exactly. And even, even the, like the porn addiction coaches and the psychologists working in this area, the solutions that they offer are shit. And so they're like, Oh, you know, you've got to like have a cold shower or take up a new habit or it's like, <laughs> oh my God. So they're encouraging them to stay away from their dicks, to not be connected to their male, healthy male sexually, not to break the porn. They're just trying to rewire their brains in that whole like, you know, 90 day coaching program, that type of um, cerebral right. stuff. They're just doing everyone a disservice. And this is the thing. The men aren't speaking up, I believe, because they don't know. They, they're so afraid that this is going to be their, their, their dick for the rest of their lives. And mm. they don't know that there are solutions, right? Yeah. So the, even the no fat community, which is, you know, no masturbation, no porn, no orgasm, 
they get off porn. It's like they, they put the brain into scarcity and it's like taking someone off crack without, you know, weaning mm. them off it. Mm. They don't introduce healthy sexuality. They tell you not to masturbate. And so that whole connection of, uh, you know, they might feel horny. They want, might want to masturbate. So they have to watch porn. And so they relapse. And so you've got to mm. break all of this and it's really fun. This is the thing, right? So, you know, masturbation homework every time you come and see me. <laughs> Who wouldn't, who wouldn't want that? You know, and the two-week challenge, which we're going to give everyone today, if you're listening, um, normally $17, happy to give it to you for free. It's a 35-page ebook that goes into breath work and um, arousal and sensitivity and kundalini and, uh, and then it's got, you know, 13 steps in the self-pleasure homework. Uh, there's a checklist that you have to tick off. And so we're going to teach you conscious self-pleasure, which is mm. t- totally different to having like a quick wank in the shower, rubbing one out, you know, getting rid of the demon seed. I've just heard all of the oh, things. God. Right? <laughs> and so it's all about, you know, closing your eyes, doing the breath work, arousing the limbic system, which is your arousal system. Guys have relied on their eyeballs and their brain addiction to get them off and their penis is like nah I'm out I, I don't mm. know what's happening here right because there's no sexual energy there sexual energy is what causes the blood flow to then cause the erection right and if you're not turned on your penis isn't going to work but if yeah. you start to watch porn your brain gets turned on and so that starts to trigger the penis and you're like flogging a dead horse waiting for the thing mm. to you know rise up and this is this is what's happening and we're seeing so much confusion in the body where men are ejaculating without orgasm um they're you know they're not getting erections they're not turned on even though they're like in the most powerful you know they've just met the woman of their dreams and they, you know, laying it all out naked and it just doesn't work and they can't, they can't. Men are looking for love, whether they know it or not. It's all about heart space work. When we do, we take all of the energy from the groin back up to the heart and then back up to the groin and then back up to the heart. That's, that's the work that we do. The two poles on the body are the groin and the heart. It's all about subconscious self-pleasure, having full body orgasm, Orgasm without ejaculation, which is the sex god status that we all like to see the guys get to, <laughs> and having multiple orgasm. They can mm. orgasm over and over and over and not lose their erection. And, and it's frightening for the women because the women are like, hang on a second, <laughs> what is going on right now? Like you're having all these orgasms but you're not ejaculating. So women are confused. They don't understand that this is possible either. Yeah. So we're teaching men how to become sex gods. We're teaching them to be more sexual more connected, um, turning themselves on, tuning into this, being present, like all of that. It's not a slap on the wrists and stop watching porn, you know, mm. and stop having, stop touching yourself. It's not that. We're actually doing the opposite to that. Yeah. When we activate kundalini, when you activate your core sexual energy that runs along your spine, uh, you, you start to move and shake and convulse and it's like an exorcism. And these guys are having, you know, orgasms on the table and they're, they're, they're I'm not even going near their groins. Like it's, yeah. and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for people to be in their bodies. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. I love this. I'm going to, I'm going to call it there for this episode though. Cause I'm like, Oh my God, I want to, I've got a million questions oh, flooding yes. in, but I reckon to kind of keep it neat and tidy, we go into yeah. that deeper next time. I can't wait to talk about, yeah, like the solution to this and the things that we can be doing yeah. if we have a porn addiction or I really love the topic of like, all right, if you've got a partner, especially if you're a woman and you've got a partner who's having struggles 
struggles with this. Like, how do you talk to them about it? How do you support them? How do you help yourself and not like not let it kind of affect you and your own self-esteem and things like that so um I'd love to I'd love to revisit yeah if we we can book in a time but just to leave Mm -hmm. people with um a few resources to go on with and highly recommend I'm going to make sure I'll, I'll publish the next episode following this episode so i've recorded this a fair bit ahead of time so we'll figure that out but yeah they'll be back to back and um and i'll put a link so what we're going to do is the link to the um freebie that Catherine mentioned the ebook um i'll put that in my labia lounge facebook group so i've actually just created this is the first time i'm mentioning it on air i've created a facebook group called the labia lounge and it's basically going to be like a virtual lounge where listeners of the podcast can join the group and then you know post questions or communicate with each other like network I'll put up links and resources um that I have and also you know that that guests on the podcast offer so there'll be like extra bonus content and um resources in there but also I just want it to be a, a really cool safe place where like we can gather we can chat people can pop questions in there I might jump in and do like a Q&A every now and then um and just as a way for people to have access to me to to kind of you know suggest a topic that they want to they want to hear covered or suggest a guest or like yeah just sort of have that that dialogue going on because like I want to be in touch with my community yeah yeah yeah. so um I'll put the link to and what was it called again sorry Catherine the ebook two-week challenge so it's a masturbation challenge Mm -hmm. um and so it gives them guidelines and strict instruction on how to masturbate differently so they I mean the ebook is great it goes into lots of detail and training and whatever but at the end of it is an actual um, two-week exercise for them to yeah, do cool. to see where they're at with porn, um, see what's happening with their penis when they masturbate without porn. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and the women can do it as well. You just just disregard any comments, you know, in terms of erections and stuff. Yeah. But, yeah. but yeah, that's, that's what we're giving away today. Um, they can also go on my website and I have a heap of um, other free eBooks. There's one on erectile dysfunction. There's one on porn addiction. My first book um, is aimed at teens and parents, so there's like a forward at the start to kind of how to talk to your kids about this, um, and that's um, in there as well. And then obviously mm. my new book, and I've got hundreds of videos and interviews on um, YouTube. So I've kind of set my website up f- as as a massive freebie for all the teens that mm. I can't help. That's That's been the oh. goal. So so that they can just go there and and get whatever they need. And so normally now when people contact me, they already, they've seen stuff. They are, Mm. they've already seen it all. They, because people want to know who is this chick, you know, like what, what does she stand for? What, you know, and so they do the research and Mm. then that way I don't have to waste my time. They're not wasting their time. Everyone's, you know, people contact me all the time saying, I read your book and I've just quit porn. I didn't even come and see you. And I'm like, amazing. Wow. <laughs> you know, so so we're helping people without them spending any money, which is really important to me. So good. Yeah, I love how generous you are with all of your knowledge and info and, like, you know, you were like, oh, come on, as many potty episodes, I'll give you these. Re-. Like, yes. it, it's not about getting clients. I've already got too many clients. It's not about money. I just really want to get this info out there. And I love that because it is such a noble cause and it's so important. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and 
yeah, I'll pop the links to your website in the show notes. I'll put the link to the freebie in yeah. the Facebook group and the link to the Facebook group in the show notes. And you should also go check out uh, the videos. Catherine has like the best hair I've ever seen. So, you know, let that be motivation <laughs> to go have a, <laughs> have a sticky beak. Yeah. Um, and Beautiful. thank you so much, Catherine. I'll, I'll be speaking to you really soon for the, the follow-up episode. Yeah. But thank you so much for your time today. Beautiful. Oh, thank you for having me and honoring this space for women and, um, you know, being a safe place for me to, yeah. to just let it all hang out. I might regret it later, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> nah. I'm getting more courageous, less professional and more courageous. And that's working with the women has helped me do that. So that's yeah. really cool. So thank you. you. We'll talk soon. Pleasure, Beautiful. treasure. All right. Bye, everyone. And that's it, darling hearts. Thank you for stopping by the Labia Lounge. Your bum groove in the couch will be right where you left it, just waiting for you to sink back in for some more double L action next time. And in the meantime, if you'd be a dear and subscribe, share this episode, or leave a review on iTunes, then you can pat yourself on the snatch because that, my dear, is a downright act of sex-positive feminist activism. And you'd be supporting my vision to educate, empower, demystify, and destigmatize with this here podcast. Also, I'm always open to feedback, topic ideas that you'd love to hear covered, or guest suggestions. So feel free to get in touch via my website at freyograph.com or say hey over on Insta. My handle is Freya underscore graph underscore YMT and I seriously hope you're following me on there because damn, we have fun. We have fun. Anyway, later labial legends. I'll see you next time.